Hello again, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and we're talking Manhattan, and uh, we're in virus control here, Johnny, and we got Brian Meyer here. Yes, yes. Uh, we're bringing the big guns in. I know, and I'm looking forward to it because I think, you know, Brian's got a lot, lot to share. Uh, he sees a lot. He's got a great perch from Christie's to kind of keep an eye on the markets. Yeah, the guy's got a lot of, a lot of, he's got a lot of volume, you know, he's a high volume guy. So he, he, for anyone that really wants to know what's going on in the field right now um, with bids and with deals and existing deals and existing negotiations, this is the guy right here. Yeah. And, and more importantly, I think he's a, he's a, you know, Brian, I don't, I don't mind bragging a little bit about your skills, but I think you are a, a fantastic communicator in terms of how you communicate with your clients, both past clients, future clients, uh, your whole network essentially is just, it's, it's a real machine you develop. So I hope you can sort of share some secrets. Tonight. All right, we got We got to calm down now. He might okay, start right. flying away a little bit over <laughs> here. All right, I could see him lifting up a little bit from that chair. So we don't want to give him too big of a head here an ego. You know what I'm saying? We gotta be careful. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, Brian Meyer, thank you so much for coming on. Brian, tell everyone who you are um, and a little bit about yourself and, and then you tell us what's going on. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, John. Um, I've been doing residential real estate sales and leasing for the last 20 years. Um, run the team at Christie's. We currently are marketing 37 active listings online uh, for sale and about six rental listings as well. And that's pretty much my story. Um, it's been a different time the last uh, last couple of weeks. A little bit different business than the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So let's let, let's go right into that. Like over the last three weeks, what 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 are you seeing? Like I really want to get into what what's going on with existing deals. Um, is there any information you could tell us about um, what's happening out there? So existing deals, we have I think thirty eight, about thirty eight or thirty five apartments that are in contract right now. Uh, there's one that's in jeopardy. Um, of failing, but everything else is moving forward. And when I say moving forward, not nothing is normal. Mm -hmm. Every deal has an, an issue um, or a problem, whether it's how do we set up the virtual closing, the bank won't be there, the managing agent, your managing agent won't do it virtual, and the same deal, the bank won't do it in person. Right. Uh, one deal we can get closed, but the building's not allowing move-ins. One deal, everything's ready to close, but the person's in California and they can't get here to move in or pick up the keys and they want to be in New York. So little things like that have been, have been ongoing issues, sort of like headache things have been going on with, with each deal. Right. And just, just to clarify, these were deals, the sort of, sort of like pre-corona kind of thing, the sort of, everything was sort of in the works and now you're kind of... Things that are all in contract since the lockdown, we've had three signed contracts. Mm -hmm. uh, th those three deals had started negotiations prior to or right around the time of the lockdown. Those are the most smoothest deals. Those buyers went into contract knowing that there was a lockdown. So I don't think there was any apprehension. Um, and the expectation was it was going to be a little bit slower. Right. Um, one of those deals, the... Um, the board package hasn't even started yet and it was due last week and everyone's understanding because that buyer who's living in California is still stuck here in New York. So that they're not close to their friends and their computer and their stuff they need to start with their getting their board package together and their financing together. 
What what about the levels of those deals? Were 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 they pricing in this this Corona situation? And if so, like I mean, is there any? Do you have any insight into how much, like how much dislocated are we are we at right now? I mean, that's what I'm looking to get a color on here. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's so new. It's hard to say. We have activity on our current on some of our current properties that we're marketing, uh, meaning we're getting offers. We've had about we've had three offers since Monday on different properties, which, is, which isn't is less than what we would normally have. Um, for that many days, um, any offers that I think are coming in a little lower than I would expect, but no crazy bids, meaning that offers are coming in 10% below asking rather than five with 5% below asking, which is what I would have expected a month ago. Right. So okay. I'm seeing probably an expectation of about 5% of pricing being off, but I do think it's going to take another two to four weeks for some normality to set in where deals are getting signed and we see where values are settling. So, yes, yeah, so that's uh, one of the things that we had looked at uh, earlier this week. We looked at price cuts and just kind of tried to get a get a sense for where they're coming in, and they were they were actually surprisingly evenly distributed between condos, co-ops, and it was basically just ten percent across the board if you looked at price cuts. But the surprising thing, well, not too surprising, was these are the ones that are cutting their prices are the ones that have been on the market now for six months plus on average. So they were sort of the ones that are sort of lagging to begin with. So. I'm, I'm curious to hear about your 5% because I think that sounds more in line with the more recently listed ones. Well, I'm seeing the offers come in about 10% low. It's the 5% is, I was seeing offers coming in 5% below asking in, in February. So now it is about 10% 10, 10 mm -hmm. off. Um, the, the, the listing, the deals that are, I see happening or the offers that are happening are on properties that are more aggressively priced. I mean, everyone, of course, is, you would think in a market like this, trying to become an opportunist and take advantage of, of, of the market. Um, so the, the properties that are more aggressively priced are the ones that are seeing those offers. Hey, Brian, uh, mm -hmm. th those bids that are coming in around 10% uh, lower, given, given what's going on approximately, are, are those bids sticking around those levels? Are they are they amenable to coming up? Um, that's one one element. And I told myself I would never do this, but I got a second element here. Um, how are your sellers reacting to that ten percent down? Are they are they engaging it or not? So it's it's hard to say if the buyer is going to come up. I believe they will on those handful of offers. Mm -hmm. Sellers at this point have not been, in the most part, haven't changed their values in their minds yet. Um, and I'm also not not advising people to, to reduce their price greatly now. I, I do think that if we're back to business in two to four weeks, we're going to see values pop back up. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's too soon to see if values actually drop. So unless you're in a situation where you really need to sell, um, most sellers I see are not jumping to respond to, to offers that are less than what they would have expected 30 to 60 days ago. Right. That's interesting because, you know, if you, if you look at the last five years, that slowdown, it was a very much a, a price specific slowdown. It started in the high end and slowly started working its way down. It seems like right as we're coming out of that, we now enter sort of a situation specific slowdown. Uh, and it seems like it's only the sellers that are in a specific situation are going to be looking at those opportunistic buyers with, the, with an eye to possibly deal. Whereas a lot of people are like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to sell right now. Uh, I'm going to give it a few months. But there's a lot of other things that are changing in the market right now. Like there are a number of buyers that are coming out of the woodwork mm -hmm. um, because they want to take an opportunity. They, they want to look at an opportunity, but funding is changing. Banks are holding back some of their programs right now, which is making it more difficult for some buyers to buy. Um, yeah. 
we, I have a few buyers that are coming into the market right now, more or less because they want to have a second home. And I have buyers that are feeling that New York City is a safe place. I mean, the response to the virus from what Cuomo is doing in New York City compared to other places around the world or around America, I think is very strong. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that more and more buyers are going to see that, that New York City's response is a strong. I have clients that went out to the Hamptons to escape uh, New York City, and they're all flocking back right now because you can't buy any meat at the grocery store in the Hamptons because the Hampton stores are all depleted. Whereas New York City, they have resources uh, to sustain a situation like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm out on Long Island, um, at my house out in Long Island right now, where we have a higher density of corona, of positive results of coronavirus than New York City. And I spoke to my wife, if, if we had to go to a hospital, we would go into New York City right now to one of those hospitals that right now are more equipped than the hospitals and the suburbs outside of Manhattan, which are just trying to catch up. Right. Yeah. Um, I was gonna I was gonna shift away for a second um, and go back to the banks because you make a really good point, Brian. Um, and we were just listening to uh, Adam Turkowitz, uh, Wells Fargo on on the revenue call, and he spent 15 minutes talking about this. Um, and and he's great. I'm gonna ask him to come on for a podcast um, soon um, to get get to into the weeds in this. But he was basically saying, listen, banks are 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 contracting right now. They're um, they're making credit tighter. They're they're looking for more money to put down. They're only lending eighty percent um, max kind of thing. Um, they're 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 going to be cautious not yet because right now the sales that we see right now are still reflective of pre-corona because they're lagging the sales. So he's like, in another couple of months we might be entering a period where those sales come in and they deem it a declining market. Um, and, and that might tighten appraisals a little bit. So we started going like into the, the daisy chain of how the banks, how this kind of downturn, same thing that happened in 2009, same exact thing to the banks is kind of cycling through and happening now. And no one's really talking about it. Um, we're all really talking about how inventory is going down. Sellers are taking their listings off the market that the buyers out there are opportunistic, you know, fear of missing out types of buyers. The bids are coming in, you know, 10, 15, 20% below and, and, and only some sellers that have to sell are hitting them. Um, we're not really talking about the credit side um, and the bank side and the fact that, you know, buyers might have to ante up a little bit. He was also talking about existing deals that have been delayed closing. And this is interesting. Existing deals that have been delayed closing, right? So those deals signed and they can't close. And now those loan commitments expire, right? Those loan commitments expire. The bank's going to ask for another round of, of updates. And right now he's like, they're going to be very aware that, that they might, have to deal with job losses and furloughs and other situations that might have to get calculated into the scenario. And they're unsure how that's going to help. You know, obviously they hope that everything can work out, but that's just another concern that a, a lender, a banker is thinking about. No, I mean, the bankers I'm talking to, the interest only products are gone. State yeah. income is gone. All the high risk lending is not there. And the opportunity buyers are looking to a lot of times to leverage leverage their money. They don't, they don't have as much to put down. It might be a third home. Uh, it might be investment where they don't have history of being a landlord or they don't have rental income from it up front. The products yeah. that would have made that easier are gone. What, what right now the benefit for, for, for leveraging for financing is to the primary home buyer. They're the ones that are getting great rates. So if you are, if you have the good credit, if you have the solid income, one buyer, we're closing this week, 
<laughs> you're not gonna believe this number. This is a jumbo mortgage. He's closing out one and seven eighths on a seven year arm with three wow. UBS. One and seven eighths. I didn't know that was even possible. I thought it was yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that's 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 the silver lining of a of an otherwise deflationary kind of ugly environment, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one good thing that we can come out of this. Listen, I think there's look if you're if you're lucky enough to get a deal. I say lucky enough because um, how many sellers are really going to hit that bid that's going to price in what you're looking for? I'm hearing different things from agents. You say around 10%. Some of the other agents are telling me 15, 20%. Some agents are saying five to 10%. So it's like I got this um, hogwash of, uh, uh, of ranges going there's on. Gonna be a bun there's going to be a number of buyers that are going to be throwing in these low offers. Same thing happened after 9-11. Same thing happened after 2007 meltdown, yeah, um, yeah. recession. Buyers are going to be throwing 30%, 40%. I'm not getting those real buyers. They're, I mean, a lot of these offers I'm seeing in the past when they came in, if an owner really accepted it, mm -hmm. I would have paid a dollar more and bought it myself. Like, right, like right. we can't really count someone coming to a million dollar property and throwing a $600,000 offer just because they want to see what's going on. So, so yeah, Brian, but, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Noah. No, go ahead. No, I'm just going to ask, you know, if, you know, if you, you've been around a while, how would you say, you know, if you're a new agent, and they've, they've got a buyer and they've, they've got an opportunistic buyer that's like, you know, give me, uh, let me bid 20% less on this one, this one, this one, this one. How would you respond to that? Or how would you sort of mentor somebody to respond to those buyers who are sort of just going crazy with low balls? Right now, if you have a solid buyer who's looking to buy, you got to work very hard for them. There's a lot of things to do, but you first got to qualify that buyer. Mm -hmm. And if a buyer is looking for something completely unrealistic, it's your job to inform them. Don't let them waste your time, but of course, don't let them waste their own time. And, and one of the things I say to buyers is same thing I just said to you is if, if they're looking for a deal that's unreal, I'll say, listen, if that deal, someone would really offer that property, I'm not going to tell you about it and buy it myself. And it brings the reality back to it. I mean, there's no 30, 40% price drop in New York City, not anytime soon. If there was, real estate brokers would be buying it. You guys would be buying it because we all know that New York City is going to swing back. Um, but you have to understand why your buyers are buying. Look at what their push is right now. Understand what's, what's behind that purchase to tell if they're really real. Make sure they're qualified and don't take a prequal that's three months old because as we've been talking about, it, you know, it might not be good anymore because lending guidelines are changing. Products are disappearing. Right. But also you need to know as a broker, you need to know the rules, the contract, you need to be more educated than ever right now. So no, you were talking about banks, um, these extended closings where now the loan might not be good anymore because uh, of, of timeline restrictions and now the buyer's income may have changed. In most cases like that, that buyer's mortgage contingency has already expired or been satisfied. So what's protecting that buyer? The one thing is a funding contingency. And I've said that to about five different buyers and a handful of brokers. And every single one came back to me and said, what's a funding contingency? In the market like this, you need to know things like that. You need to know what a SEMA is so you can save your people an extra couple percentage points on the purchase. You need to know what a funding contingency is. And then the second thing is you need to be active. Like in this, in this world, the, a lot of buyers aren't going to go out and see the properties, even if they're allowed to in a few weeks go see the properties. So you're gonna to have to, when you are allowed to go look at properties, you're gonna be doing a lot of previews, a lot of video tours. Um, on our 37 active listings, almost half of them now, we have a, a, 
a video tour and 3D rendering so people can see it at home, but not every broker is going to pay for that for their owners. So you're going to have to go and take the videos of the properties for the owner, for the buyers who aren't getting their access. And you need to be ready to do that. Have your sellers said anything to you? I mean, you got 36, 37 of these guys. Have your sellers said anything to you about um, what's going to happen when the, e the restrictions ease? I think they expire on April 29th, which means on April 30th, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think it's April 29th, the governor no showings order. So that expires. Barring that it gets extended. And if that you know, gets lifted on April 29th, um, are your sellers basically saying, all right, let's go get it back in? Or are your sellers basically saying, you know what, I want, I want you guys to back off for a little while? So everyone's different. There's all different stories. I don't think any seller or anyone that I've been speaking with thinks that a 29th is going to be a flip of a switch. Like mm -hmm. even if we're not restricted from showing, showings are not going to be normal. Showings are not going to be normal in 2020. No. But buyers, a lot of buyers are from overseas and they can't get here. A lot of buyers are going to be making up the work that they're going to be doing. A lot of buyers will be traveling to take care of loved ones um, or fix other problems that they're doing. Or and a lot of buyers are going to be still ultra sensitive to going out into group. You think there's going to be open houses in 2020? Yeah, I, I mean, this is these are the things I'm wondering about. I I, so, I was talking to people about. I think it's going to be steps. I think you know they'll ease the restrictions, and then it's going to be phases and phases and phases. And that final phase of us getting back to normal is going to be when all the sporting events and the concert halls and all the mass gatherings start to happen again and reopen again. And that's probably when there's a vaccine at some point, and that's not until this time next year which is kind of just scary to think that this could drag on for a year, even though we're, we're allowed to do business in the interim. So the answer to your question is my owner, they want, they're going to want me to jump back on. Some of my owners want me to be working right now to get the property sold. And we are doing virtual tour showings. We're doing Zooms like this, mm -hmm. where in the screen, we have a virtual tour of the property and I'm walking, virtually walking the buyer through the property. And we received a $10 million offer on a property this week low as well below asking about 15% I was about 15% below asking but it was through one of these zoom tours um, of, of the property so in some properties we are working and then every owner has a different necessity for a timeline in, in mind or that they need to they need to meet and of course it's our job to, to, to get them there so in some properties we'll be pushing very very hard other properties the owners are still in the property with their maybe large family and they don't want us readily in the property showing. And then the question is, after the 29th, when the restrictions in the city are up, are the doorman gonna allow us in? I had a doorman call the police on us. This is before the day wow. before the lockdown because the building had restrictions and we were not being overly forceful. We had keys, but he didn't know what to do. So he just called the police. I didn't um, even think about whether or not buildings would, would restrict showings after, I never even thought about that as a possibility. So every property is going to be different, right. Um, right. but it is not going to be normal. And we're going to have to be prepared for it. We're going to have to be ultra protective for our buyers. Buyers brokers are going to be working harder. Than their buyers are going to need a broker. And it's not searching online because everyone has a lot of time to, to search online. Yeah. Buyers are going to need a broker in their, in their corner, an educated broker, more than they ever done before. And listing brokers, <laughs> photos are like... Thing in the past you still do photos of course but there's more tools that you're going to need to create for for your sellers and i don't think it's even a stop in 2020 i think the world is getting more comfortable with doing things virtually um 
my mother, my, my 73-year-old Jewish mother in South Carolina is trying on clothes. I think she has a flip phone and no social media, but she's buying stuff where she's dressing herself online through a picture and she knows how to do it perfectly. My, yeah. my parents are Zooming with their grandkids. They didn't do that two months ago. And I think in a month or two, we're going to be so used to doing this virtually. Yeah. As brokers, we're going to need to have new products for that new normal. I, I agree completely. And I think on a professional sense, um, I think a lot of agents are getting used to this technology at this point. We're a few weeks in. They've done it a couple of times. They know how to use it. Um, we've been um, advocating for agents to use this technology one-on-one -on -one with, their, with their clients. You're telling me that's what you're doing. Um, that's awesome. That's what every agent should be doing for their buyers and sellers is doing these one-on-one -on -one engaging videos. I just want to point out, Brian, look, look, look where inventory is. Okay. Usually we go up. We, sh we should be around 7,000 by now. You know, and we're going down, 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 down. And that's because a lot less stuff is coming on. A lot more stuff is going off. Um, and, and there is still, still some contract activity being signed. Um, but I just want to just point out one thing. I'm going to go back to the chart room here because we're about to go into April. Well, we're in April, but we're about to go into a month where we're shut down. And if I go to monthly new supply, okay, and I go to three years, right? This is what I've been talking about. April typically sees around 2,000 listings coming to the market in April, right? March usually sees around 1800 and we came in down 50%, down around 924. April usually sees more. Um, so now when I go to my dashboard and I go um, check, you know, what is the inventory that came on for so far in this month, right? And again, we usually see 2000, okay? So far we've got 75 and we're one weekend. So if I just multiply that by four, we get to what? We get to 300. Right. So we used to see 2,000, we got 300. Now this is during the, the month of April where we're shut down. So we could safely say, this is probably gonna continue along this until the shutdown gets up. So where is inventory at the end of this, which parlays me into the, the, the thing. If buyers have an edge right now, it's in a thinly, thinly traded low volume environment where even if you find a good listing, does that seller wanna hit that bid? Is that seller one of those people that are gonna hit that bid? So my question is, we're running out of time here, your buyers, end me with your buyers. What are your buyers thinking generally? Are they, do you have aggressive buyers? Yeah, are, are they scared? Or are, are they looking to put in a bid down 25% and you're telling them, no, listen, we can't really do that. Tell me what's going on there. Well, buyers, they wanna make a deal in this market. Inventory is a big problem. What we're doing with the inventory is that those 1500 apartments that should be on the market, we know about them because we have systems to tell us what's coming to market through brokers information points. Um, also, we see what came off the market and we're still calling on those for our buyers. We know that most owners took them off just to be off the market during the pandemic. So we're using that off market. We also feel very strongly that there's going to be a big push in inventory once this is over. We have a lot of clients who are signing up with us to sell their properties, but we can't get in the building to take photos. So we're not putting them online. Um, we can't access to show it. We can't actually get in for a virtual tour. So once this is over, I think you're going to see a big push in inventory. And at that point, you're going to have buyers have a heyday because you're going to see values down, whether it's 5% or 15% yeah. for a short period of time, at least there's going to be a, a correction in values. And then you're going to see high inventory with a lot of new stuff that's coming on the market. I do think in the buyer pool is going to swell and then uh, hopefully over the summer, a lot of those are going to be consumed, but that's what buyers are waiting for right now. Good inventory to come to market or for them to see price drops. And let me ask you quickly about those sellers you mentioned, Brian, who are sort of waiting in the wings for everything to kind of 
thaw a little bit so they can get they can get people in, take photos, get the whole logistics settled. What do you know about them? Are they selling because they're they're leaving the city, or they they upgrading? They are they retiring? What's is there any sort of um, common theme there? All different. Um, I mean, everyone has a different story. There's no main theme to it. Right now, we see a theme of new sellers coming to market because they were investors and they're renting out their unit, okay. uh, and they've been weary for the last couple of years of the new laws. But now there's a strong feeling that rental prices will be down a, a small bit in the upcoming market this summer. Um, and also their apartments are now vacant or becoming vacant and it's hard to re-rent those apartments. So they're figuring let's just sell it and get out of the market. Mm -hmm. um, that's a new thing that's coming to market. Interesting. All right. Listen, Brian Meyer, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You uh, stay safe out there. Um, I hope everybody else uh, is, is staying safe and be well. This is Noah and John. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, John. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Guys.